there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded Psalm of the Sons of Korah. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled, they came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic, and they took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. Selah. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Psalm 48 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome to yet another show of Balm and Gilead podcast. Uh, my name is Grant Baker, and with me here is Brian. Hello. And um, a special guest I will uh, introduce here in just a second. But I wanted to give you all a warm welcome back. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked all together. And Justin is still not not with us, uh, but uh, we do. Uh, he's, um, he's, uh, he's taking care of some other things right now, but um, we hope that he will be back with us soon. And... Otherwise, we have a great show for you tonight, um, and I was really excited to see that Brian started up our very first video podcast thing. Uh, yeah. Is, is that what you call that? Yeah, I called it uh, yeah, the, the Flying Solo uh, Video Podcast. Uh, we had one episode of that. Uh, you need to work on our names. You need to work on the names. Complex. Yes, very super complex. Uh, I actually recorded episode two and episode three, and then somehow deleted both of them. And oh. so I will be re-recording uh, some episodes here in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully, these will be useful uh, for weeks where we do miss recording together. Uh, it's happening that more, happens. happening more and more lately. Um, I think. You uh, got a new job relatively recently. Justin yep. just got a new job. And yep. I just finished my second week at a new job. So Awesome. 
And I'll talk more about that in a little bit as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, real life. Real life is just real. It's just real. Just be honest. So uh, I'm going to try to get a couple of these episodes uh, backlogged, about 30 minutes long each, not as long as we used to. Uh, many topics, mostly stuff that we've talked about on the show before, but maybe someone who's new to the show uh, can get can use those as jumping in points. I uh, started a YouTube channel as well, so I might post some me playing guitar on those as well, some songs that we recommend. But yeah, that's kind of the idea. Oh, that sounds great, man. Uh, and honestly, uh, the video idea with the 30-minute kind of length is probably a really great uh, entry point for a lot of people. I mean, uh, some of our podcasts have been known to be quite long, and not everybody has that kind of time on their commute. But yeah, That's true. I love it. Who was that voice? I don't, I don't know. It wasn't me. Was it Justin? I don't think it was Justin. No, he couldn't be here tonight. I believe. Do you have any insight on this? I, I do. I do, Mr. Switchfoot. I'm wearing a Switchfoot t-shirt. Surprise, surprise. But no, uh, the voice reminds me of this, uh, this gardener I used to know. Uh, really? By the name of, of Spencer Parsons. Hey, it's uh, me. Hey, it's Spencer Parsons. So if you are a, uh, if, if you listening today are part of our Slack channel, uh, you are no stranger to Mr. Parsons. He is, he is uh, one of our guys that hangs out over there. Uh, and he's a gardener, but he also is really super into EDM music. And he's been working on some, uh, some cool projects that we'll let him talk about here in just a little bit but uh, welcome spencer we uh, are very grateful that you're here with us today yeah i'm glad to be here it's i listen to your podcast every time it comes out while i'm mowing grass and stuff and it's weird to be on the other side of things but it's <laughs> awesome gonna i'm probably going to forget to talk because i'm so busy listening to y'all <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um so a few episodes back when we did the uh our spotify recap that said that we had about five people or so that that we were their number one uh, podcast for the year and had listened to more than half of our entire backlog. And, and you came forward as one of those guys. So uh, thank you again for all of the listens. Yeah, yeah for no sure. I enjoy it. I run out of stuff to listen to. So it's just great. Like <laughs> you were saying, the long episodes, it's great when you have long mowing lawns and stuff and you can just pop that on and I'm set. That's awesome. How, how many, I got to know, how many lawns would you say you mow in a day? Like uh, average? Um, well, there's different size lawns, but um, I'd say probably around uh, somewhere between 12 and 16 lawns a day. I have, <sighs> I manage a, um, kind of a, the West Cobb area of the county that I'm in. Uh-huh. And I think the last count was 70 or 80 lawns that I'm in charge of. So Nice. So do you have like are... a crew that you work with or? That you're yeah. in charge of? Or? It's hard to find work right now. Um, so the second half of last year, I was uh, mostly by myself. And then we did get uh, some help in the fall. And uh, we have some help right now. That's temporary. So I'll be praying for that because I need to find uh, I need to find some help here in the next couple of weeks when the grass starts growing again. So yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So if you are uh, somebody looking for a job, 
and in Spencer's <laughs> neighborhood and have some gardening and uh, lawn care experience, perhaps even maintenance. Who knows? Uh, look them up and uh, see, you know, it sounds like uh, looking for somebody good. We know all our listeners mm, are pretty great right. people. So. That's right. You will have to find his address on your own, though. Yes. <laughs> You're not gonna. You're not gonna accidentally dox me on the public. Channel. No, no, I not, never again. <laughs> Just email Bomb and Gilead, and then they can get it to me from there. How about that? Absolutely, that's true. Yeah. Hey, Absolutely. Uh, great, great having you on tonight, Spencer, and uh, really enjoying uh, the music uh, that you've been putting out. Um, if you haven't, go check him out on Spotify. Uh, you can search for him by his name, Spencer Parsons, and he should pop right up. I'm trying it right now to make sure he up and it's, it's him in uh, sort of a, uh, a white cowboy fedora, um, you know, type hat. <laughs> it's my work. Hat. I love that thing. His work hat. And he's actually holding some clippers and uh, has like, um, you know, jeans and a t-shirt on and he looks really happy and he's got a ton of great music out there. Um, well, not a ton, but that's going to change from what I understand. <laughs> The funny thing about that picture is that we were actually trying to record a video and no I'm so bad at, at this kind of recording stuff and especially video. I like uh-huh. lock up and everything. So like after the fifth try, that was me like looking down like this is a total fail. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister screenshotted it. She's like, that's actually a pretty good picture. So I was like, okay, I'll just use that as my profile. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if you're not following him already, he is on uh, Spotify, at least. Are you anywhere else? Can they find you on? Yeah, all the streaming platforms, iTunes. I just, you know, I have one of those distributors that sends it everywhere. So pretty much anywhere you can listen to music, it should be there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for sure. Check him out and uh, you will not be sad. Thank you. And if you, oh, go ahead. I was going to try and segue there, but that was awkward. It was. What is the opposite of perfect segue achievement unlocked? It's that. <laughs> I've already unlocked that that achievement a long time ago, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, you know, if you aren't listening to Spencer Parsons, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, what are you listening to? Yeah, I'm going to Spencer. I'm, 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 oh, me? Ask, uh, well, asking you guys. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what, what are you listening to lately? <laughs> well, I have been listening to um, solos. I've listened to Philippians a, a couple of times in preparation for this. Um, uh, like you mentioned, the EDM thing is a pretty uh, recent thing for me. Um, my twin sister loves EDM and I like it, you know, to a certain extent while I'm working. I found that the higher BPM a song is the faster. Like I just subconsciously match the BPM of the song while I'm weed eating or walking and stuff like that. So sometimes, especially on a day when I'm tired, I'll, I'll put something like that on and it helps me, me work better. Um, but it's really hard. And I think uh, you said this too, Grant. It's hard to find uh, good EDM music out there that doesn't have lyrics you don't want to listen to or yep. just a certain like club feel that you just don't want to want to do. So um, that's where I was like. And it, I think you probably remember, Grant, on, this, on the Slack channel, we were I was asking the question, is there a place for EDM in Christian music? Is it something that's a useful tool? And so I started doing some experiments um, to see if it would would work. And I think it really has um, opened up a new a new um, layer of, of expression of the Psalms and Proverbs and stuff. There's like hip hop. I, I did some 
or I'm doing some of them in hip hop. And I think um, that also allows you to express some things in the Psalms that you, you can't express any other way. So um, I'm just really excited to keep experimenting and see where it goes. But um, so far, I'm pretty happy with how it's turning out. So anyway, I've been um, uh, learning a lot about EDM and uh I didn't know this, but there's like over 120 subgenres. So um, I was like, I got some homework to do. So I, I started um, looking up uh, probably only like maybe a quarter of them are useful to me. The rest of them are, are <laughs> some of them push the boundaries of what I would consider music, to be honest. But um, the ones that I feel like are, are actually useful, I've been trying to dive into those and listening to as much as I can just to learn um, the rules and, and, you know, what, defines the genre and uh figuring out how i can implement that to express different things in the psalms and proverbs and, and stuff like that um so that's been probably a lot of what i've been listening to and then i know this sounds probably bad but i listen to a lot of my own music because <laughs> that's that partly partly yeah. why i um i uh, make the music is for myself to listen to while i'm working and to memorize scripture and things like that and then if anybody else wants to come along for the ride, then I'm, I'm happy. But um, I, I make them for myself. And so that's partly why I don't sing them or play them myself, because I don't want to listen to myself all day. So I hire other people to sing and, and, and do the do the instruments and things like that. So um, I can listen to them and it doesn't get old. So um, I think that's pretty much all I've been listening to recently, other than podcasts and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool, Spencer. Um, you know, I don't think it's weird that you listen to your own music. And I think it is really cool that you are like venturing out into this vast unknown. Um, I, you know, I don't know a ton about uh, EDM type music, although I do uh, find that I can listen to it while I work a lot because it kind of, what I like about it is it keeps you at a particular energy level without necessarily going like overboard unless, well, some of the more, up-tempo stuff is yeah, yeah but it doesn't it doesn't put me to sleep anyway uh, right. which is always a good thing mm -hmm. so uh speaking of putting people to sleep uh i have uh my uh the music that i've been listening to um is uh the top has been crown and covenant apparently followed by poor bishop hooper and then the bbc scottish symphony orchestra followed by solos um, I will say that um, my stats, I, I keep track on last.fm and somehow it got disconnected from my Spotify. So <laughs> I have a couple weeks of dead air that <laughs> was not dead air, <laughs> um, but oh well. So <laughs> what can you say? Um, uh, from what I can remember, I've been listening my, my Friday, uh, playlist that Spotify gives me it was filled with a lot of, um, well, obviously poor Bishop Hooper was, uh, and Psalm 112, but then, um, there was a lot of, um, uh, like classical type music and there were some, some gems in there, but I won't bore, bore you with the details. Uh, none of that's, yeah, I was going to say none of that surprises me for uh, free, by the way, crown and covenant classical music. Poor Bishop Hooper. Sounds great. Um, Solos. Solos. <laughs> yeah. For me, I've been uh, I've been back on a Mars Hill kick, uh, but not just because I like Mars Hill, though I do. Uh, 
But part of this new adventure that I'm on, I mentioned that I am just finished my second week on a new job. My new job is I am a middle school math teacher. What? So I am, it's, I'm technically, it's technically considered a sub position right now, but it's more than just a regular sub. There's the, the teacher that had, that was in this position, had a baby and is no longer working there. So she's not planning on coming back. So it's not maternity leave. It's just middle of the year. I'm gone. Have, have fun. Um, and she, she's, she's really nice. I've, I've met her. Um, and, uh, she seems to, uh, she's be a really nice person. I don't know her well. I've just met her the once, but, uh, her class, her classes have been really fun. I've enjoyed them. And, uh, so I am considered faculty. So I'm not considered a sub in some of the systems. So it's really interesting. I've contracted out through the rest of the year and that's been great. It will very potentially turn into a full-time position or at least an offer for a full-time position in the fall, which is really, uh, was really nice. Uh, that's awesome, man. And so it's not at the school that I have been subbing at or that I had been previously. And so, uh, there's still kind of like a, a stoker in the fire there as well. So I'm, I'm still in the middle of interviewing there as well, but I don't know if I'll be offered that job. They're a pretty, um, they're a, a, a pretty intense school as far as rigor goes, and they may prefer someone that has a lot of experience. And I don't have a ton of experience in that area, but uh, so just be praying for me that uh, that I am able to discern God's will for my life in this area. But one of the things that's really interesting about this school that I'm at now is there might be a possibility to teach Bible. And there might also be a possibility to help uh, choose music for their chapel and awesome. even play in the band and for their chapel. So it's, it's a possibility. It is not a definite ability, um, but they, they, they need help. Hey, uh, so if you get to choose the music, will you please pick, you know, somebody's rendition of Psalm 2, whether that's Poor Bishop Pooper, Quarter Room, uh, My Soul Among Lines, one of their, like, just Psalm 2, just an awesome rock inversion of, of that. I think the kids would go for it. Do it like a medley. Put Mash them all together. Mash them all together. Um, Do them all. So I, I may I may wait until I've been in the position a little bit before I throw that one in. Uh, but... <laughs> So Psalm 23, good one. Start with Psalm 23, corner room, (laughs) Psalm 23. It's on my, it's on my list. But uh, so we, I've gone through a few, few chapels now. So I've I've sat through like four chapels now, Uh, five, five songs per chapel. They have not mentioned sin once in any of the songs. Uh, Not a single time has sin. Have they mentioned darkness or? Like or in every fear, one of them. You know, fear, shame. yes. Well, so the the most recent chapel was sat in. The last song they played was uh, No Longer Slaves. And oh, so I thought you were going to say Oceans. They have not Shit. played Oceans. They did do uh, Graves in the Gardens. They did... My uh, Graves in the Gardens. Oh. They did um, uh, Battle Belongs. So, you know, so those, those, those types. Uh, I'm supposed to be... Yeah. 
I'm supposed to be meeting with uh, one of the ladies who is currently in charge of that. She's already reached out to me and said, hey, oh, if you, you want to help, I would love some help in this. And so I, uh, I have been talking with her and, uh, and I've already given her a playlist of about 40 songs on it that I said, wow. So this is stuff that I really like. It's specifically stuff that I I don't know if you've ever heard of. A lot of it is, um, is Mars Hill stuff. I've got some Cardiphonia on there. I do have one poor Bishop Hooper song on there. Psalm 65. Um, that one is one. That's probably my favorite of theirs. Um, Psalm 65. Yeah. Some corner room, um, couple Bifrost art songs. So it's, I I told her this is, this guy, this has praise. This has lament. This has Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Oh, love lifted me is on the list. Um, Yeah. Speaking of not listening to yourself, sing all the time. (laughs) Um, so I, I, I hope that I'm able to talk with her and I hope that I'm able to be humble and that I'm able to be helpful and that I'm able to stay within the sage stage, not creep back into old Brian who the sage stage who uh, wasn't quite there yet. So just just pray that that conversation is fruitful and pray that yeah. this could be God using me to uh, to influence the young and impressionable minds. Um, but this experience did drive me to write an article recently about the four soils and how the four soils uh, paints a picture of false teachers in the, in the church and CCM and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, that's where I am. That's, that's what I've been, that's what I've been up to. Nice. That is awesome. I mean, another option too could be "You're My Joy," Psalm twenty-eight by hey, Spencer Parsons. There you go. It's true. That's a really good one too. <laughs> See, now that's um, one that both of the like kind of worship songs that I put up there. I don't know how they would work in a service. You know, I'm not sure if they would be congregational or not. That's another topic for another time. But it might just be like more for personal. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that I could see that. But "You're My Joy," like it's. Um, it, it's, uh, what, uh, Victoria, right. Uh, yeah. singing on it. And, um, it's just a real simple piano behind it. That kind of thing I think could work pretty well with a bunch of kids that are just need to sing the, the melody. It's, and it's not like, it's not like terribly difficult. Like there's all these leaps and jumps and things like that. So I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Try. If somebody tries it out, let me know. And, um, there's always also the option where they like to play Christian hip hop as like the coming in music. So as the kids are all walking in, they have like Christian hip, uh, Christian hip hop songs playing. So I could always uh, say, Hey, I've got a friend that does Christian hip hop. You, know, <laughs> you could that, always like, put on hip hop and EDM at the same better time. better than you. <laughs> there you go. No, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. It's hard to beat Shylin. He's pretty good. It's really hard to beat Shylin. Um, Absolutely. Um, so, uh, as we kind of wrap up this uh, beginning part of the episode, uh, we're about to jump in to Solos and uh, Philippians and 
being better than other people and all that cool stuff. Is there anything else that, that you want to talk about uh, before we uh, jump into that main topic? Sure. Yeah, I've got I've got some more um, some new songs coming out. I've um, I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I've got several songs that I've been sitting on for like a couple years. They're almost completely done. I just have to mix and master them, and I'm still honing my craft on that. I'm still not quite. I guess nobody probably is quite happy with with the mixing and mastering when they're done, but nobody can probably tell but me. So um, I finally was just like, I'm just going to do the best I can and get them out there. So. Starting this Friday, the 25th of February, I'm going to have a new song come out every every two weeks. We'll see if I can keep that stretch going for a little while. I have a few more songs I can keep keep putting out. Um, but on the 11th of March, um, there is a remix of Psalm Chapter 2. It's coming out. It's probably one of my favorites so far. It's an EDM track. And um, you might be able to hear it later. I'm not sure. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so uh, so it's coming out on all the streaming platforms, and you said March eleventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you uh, if you fast forward to the end of this episode, then you're going to miss all the cool content about the about Solus and the Philippians. But if you wade through it and listen to us ramble for a while, you will eventually get a sneak peek of that song at the end of this episode. Yes, I just couldn't wait. I had to show it to somebody. Yeah, and it's good. I've already listened through it, and. Uh, Love Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is one that every every person that writes CCM needs to needs to study Psalm 2 and understand who their God is. So I feel like every Christian should know it. I mean every I, Christian, I yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people don't know certainly not by reference, but I don't think they're familiar with the actual content. It's like all this it's so encouraging to me to see all these um, you know, the news cycle goes, you know, every day is like another thing that blows up all these people trying to grab power and you can, you can get afraid, you know, worried about things if you're not careful, but um, just to read Psalm two, you know, God's going to laugh at them. You know, they're trying to gain power. They're trying to throw off these cords of sovereignty and his, his plan is going to prevail and nothing can stand in the way. And then on icing on top of that, you know, we're going to reign with them someday. I mean, like, you know, we actually have a part in that. So um, I just, I have just been really encouraged by that chapter recently. And I think, putting it to um, the hip hop EDM genre, I feel like draws a flavor out of it that you can't get any other way. Just the epicness of it. I mean, like it's, it's not a, a, a um, necessarily a, a pretty, like, you know, <laughs> laid back Psalm. It's, it's, it's a powerful, you know, um, epic Psalm, you know? And so I think that um, that style of music kind of draws that out in ways that maybe other genres can't. So anyway, hope you all enjoy it. So you're saying you, you don't like Hillsong's version of like <laughs> you, you said. I don't know that I've heard that version. What's it called? You, the You said, ask and I'll give the nations to you. Oh, oh maybe oh, I have heard that. It's the cry of my heart. Yes, I have heard that. That's it's an, like old, an old old 90s one where yeah. it's like they take the this prayer of, of God, of Jesus to the Father and they're giving it to the church. It's like, no, 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 You can't put the words of Jesus in your mouth for you, for your desire. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard that in a long I forgot about that song. But yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm glad I was able to remind you of it. <laughs> Don't tell her song. Their music is, is forgettable, right? Right, that's true. <laughs> All right. We have a topic tonight. 
we do have a topic tonight. It's a big topic. It's an epic topic, you might even be able to say. All right. What is it? It is, in case you haven't been listening, it is the Philippians album by Solos. Yeah. Finally. This is definitely an episode that uh, I think all of us have been looking forward to recording at one time or another. Um, And we were in the middle of kind of the Mars Hill uh, series of podcasts. We were working through that. And then, you know, this opportunity presented itself. And one of the things that we kind of want to do, a big reason Spencer's on the show tonight of all nights is because um, not only is he an artist himself, but and not only is he a huge fan of Solos himself. But uh, the whole point of Philippians uh, album, as we heard when uh, Cody was on the show, is it was kind of like a Solos and Friends kind of thing. And so we wanted to do like Balm and Gilead and Friends sort of a podcast. And so Spencer's our friend and uh, (laughs) we're really glad to have him here. Glad to be here. uh, I'm sure you're going to. You know, uh, all of us were just kind of like buzzing with excitement when this came out and Mm -hmm. for good reason, too. I mean, this album covers so many different genres Uh, just off the top of my head. There's folk all the way to hip hop. There's soda pop shop to um, ancient. Well, it really more of kind of a, uh, a a modern but old sort of sound. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, the hymnus Christu uh, just is done in this style that is um, very melodic, but it's, it's almost like a Gregorian chant, but it breaks into parts. So it's not, but, um, and uh, all the way down to, uh, y- y- you know, just uh, kind of like a real like bluegrass uh type songs, all of them to kind of songs for kids almost. And just some of the songs too, that they are also really well known for. Um, Oh, they have, they have uh, kind of some significant, um, very evocative instrumentals on this album as well. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into all of that and more on this episode of Balm and Gilead. And much more. Um, so my initial thoughts, what I love about Solos is their ability to just capture prosody, uh, their ability to utilize more than just the lyrics to explain their message. Uh, one of the things that they've done in their past albums is having uh, these kind of repeated um, things. that They're not necessarily melodic lines or they're not even necessarily musical but there might be something, some sort of theme, this auditory theme that that goes from beginning to end. And in this album, it's white noise. Um, They include this white noise strategically throughout the album. And it's done in a way to help us really to remember the idea of the river. Um, they, They make this, it's, they make this metaphor without words of the river and the white noise. And and I just find that to be incredibly interesting, not only that they thought to do this, but that they were successful in creating this metaphor with no words. 
um, mentioned to explain the metaphor. Um, so as you hear the white noise, you're reminded uh, of this idea that uh, that the, the the themes are interwoven. The, these themes of of joy and of, and of love are are being interwoven uh, throughout the book, and, and I and I really liked that about the album as well. Yeah, that is definitely something that they're experts at, right? And I, I like how you connected that the kind of the static, but the um, the static kind of ties in with that kind of old TV program feel that is going on in the back of this. Um, for a large part of the album, it's almost like you are watching this show. You are the participant who's watching this show and it's being put on. And it's not until, um, I believe it's, um, wh wh where does it get to like citizens or, um, where he, where you finally like turn it off and walk outside and everything changes. Yeah. Um, and anyway, it, it's really an incredible way that they do this. And in fact, every time I watch this, I keep thinking about what would this be like as like this stage production? Uh, I think it would honestly translate really well to something like that. Uh, honestly, all their albums kind of would, but this one, especially there's just a lot of visual metaphors that the sound is giving you. Uh, it's, literally creating a soundscape um, before you and you can so, so real that you can almost uh, see it in a lot of ways. So th that part is just incredible. Yeah. Um, I also like how they weave different themes in there musically, how they weave different themes in um, back and forth through the album. This is like many of the other Solace albums, and I, th I feel like this is getting just stronger with each new release. Like, um, I thought Hebrews was a little bit better at it than Romans, and I felt that um, Jude was a little bit better at it than um, Hebrews. And now Agreed this to disagree. In... What's that? Yeah, Agreed. well, that's fine. But but what I mean is the the thing that they're getting better at is tying in a particular theme. Uh, throughout the entire album that is just nets the whole thing together. Like yeah. I, I find it very difficult to listen to just like a song or put their music on shuffle. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, no. It's just, it just tears it apart. It and that's especially true of this album. I, the very first time I listened to it, I remember it was a Sunday evening and I sat down with my Bible and my headphones and just read through Philippians along with the music and had the words out and was writing stuff down. And it's just, it's super incredible to do that. And so if you have not yet listened to this album, I would, I would definitely encourage you click the link in the description, uh, listen, um, listen to it and just have your Bible handy and maybe even a notebook and kind of listen through it uh, like that. Um, I think you will be uh, well blessed by it. Yeah. What did you think, Spencer? Like just on, on the whole, how did you, what did you make of Philippians, the album? Well, um, 
I had just discovered Solos right before Philippians came out. I think it was a couple of months before it came out. So um, on the one hand, I'm glad I didn't have to wait two years because that would have been excruciating. But um, uh, I had just, I actually, I had heard you mention them before on the podcast, but I had never really gone and checked them out. And then you had Cody on the on the podcast, and I so resonated with what he was saying. A lot of the stuff that he was saying that they try to do is stuff that I'm trying to do, and I learned a lot from him. And uh, just that educator, you know, mindset um, or whatever approach that he has. Um, so I was like, I got to go check this guy out. And then I just went down the rabbit hole and just started listening to all their stuff. Um, and uh, but I remembered in that interview, he said that they try to train their listeners not to expect what's coming, like this as far as musical styles and stuff. And I knew that, but I still let myself get trapped into thinking that I knew what it was going to sound like. And so when it started off, especially in the first you know few tracks, it was like, this is nothing like what I expected. My kind of preconceived notions of Philippians, it just totally was just not what I expected. So it threw me off. And then he jump scared me like about a third of the way in while I was mowing on like heavy machinery. <laughs> and I was like, and then I think I was a little, I wasn't irritated, but I was just like, I didn't know, I guess I was like on edge the whole rest of the album because I didn't know if he was going to do that again and I was just going to get startled by something. So um, I think it was really only the second time. And then I guess also the guest artist kind of threw me off too because I'm used to hearing like Kelsey and Thomas and and, um, it just didn't feel like a Solos album, although I guess there's no real way to say that because he's trying to make them all different. So there is no Solos album really sound. Um, But, uh, and then I guess I, I had a hard time also not only tying them together and finding the theme, I knew once I found the theme, it would all make sense, but it just seemed kind of disjointed to me. Um, and then um, I guess I couldn't, I couldn't follow where it was tying into the actual book of Philippians. But then after I listened to it a second time, I, I was able to figure out what the theme was and then it all fit together. And this is probably one of my favorite albums of theirs. Um, it's a, it's a probably a tie with Hebrews, but um I've listened to this thing probably dozens of times while I'm working. It's just great to to have something I can listen through like that. And um, uh, I love the little Easter eggs. I like, you know, finding all the little things that tie into other things or the hidden meanings because he packs all those little hidden things in there. So um, that was, I really enjoyed this album to try to figure out, you know, why did he do this here and, you know, stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll get into that later, but I have really... Um, enjoyed and i guess um to me this one seems like it has more tracks to me that can stand alone than the other albums um probably about a third of them i feel like could could stand on their own without the rest um so i I do enjoy that as well yeah so do you guys want to just kind of dive into kind of go song by song uh, spend as much time on each one as we want to and just kind of give first impressions and kind of where we are with it now. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the album really starts out with the river, Mm -hmm. which is a great starting spot. Uh, We're actually working through Philippians ourselves in our church and uh, just started a couple weeks ago. And the river mentioned in Acts 16 is how the Philippian church started. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, there were some women who were godly women. Uh, Lydia, the seller of purple dye, uh, who you may remember, uh, was one of them. And Paul and his companions went there. And for a while, they just, you know, they, they were kind of sent here 
from a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come uh, and help us. And so you, you got to imagine they get to this, uh, this uh, Macedonia and they're like, you know, in Philippi or whatever. And they're like looking around and there's just like nobody. They like wander around for a couple of days and then they finally find uh, these people praying down by the river. And that's the start of the church in Philippi, believe it or not. And uh, so it's just a really great spot. It also begins tying in these uh, like that nature theme, um, the 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 theme of the river that flows throughout the rest of it. Um, and uh, it also is a, you know, a old gospel song um, uh, down to the river to pray, uh, which is, um, you know, just it, it kind of like establishes a lot of different. Um, motifs that you're going to be experiencing throughout the entire album. Yeah. And uh, um, just kind of throwing this little Easter egg that happened here. Uh, this is something that Justin had, had mentioned. So Justin is originally from Jackson, Tennessee, which is where, uh, which where Solace is based out of. It's where Cody lives. And so he, there's like this kind of news report kind of going on in kind of the background uh, like some traffic wreck that went on and, and they're listing actual names of streets and stuff. And Justin's like, I know exactly where that is. So uh, that was kind of fun. But yeah, I, I love the song Down to the River to Pray. It always reminds me of a brother where art thou. And so I'm automatically kind of thinking in that kind of, you know, mindset, you know, visually just kind of that movie. Um, but this, yeah, the idea we, we get the white noise, we get the, the channels turning on, on the TV, we, we get all of the motifs that we need uh, to continue through the rest of the album. Uh, and yes, we do hear the song one more time close to the end. So I, I, I love that about how this album begins. Yeah, I think um, it, it's cool that they, um, I guess similar in a way to Jude where they kind of had the beginning and the end, uh, mirror each other. Um, I think that's neat that they did this kind of as a, almost like the, the album reaches a certain peak and then it reaches the tonic at the end and kind of wraps it up. And, you know, you know, you, you sense that it's, it's been completed by going back to the beginning. Um, so yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I, f I feel like this album is, is chiastic, very similar to Jude. Um, where the beginning and the end are similar and the climax is in the middle. Yeah, all I was going to say, you know, it also establishes some of the voicing, uh, the instruments um, that are, you're going to ex experience. You know, you have obviously, um, you know, singing uh, guitars. You have uh, the oboe, the um, strings, and, um, you know, various other types of musical voicing uh, of the entire album so kind of cool yeah so from there we kind of uh launch into o philippi and um which kind of uh links to uh psalm or psalm <laughs> philippians 1 1 through 11 uh which is the introduction of uh, paul's introduction to the church and thanking god for uh for the people there uh, what did you all make of that um I don't really have a whole lot to, to comment on that one. I guess I um, 
I thought that it was a good song. I remember the first time I heard it, 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 it builds up. And I was like, man, he's pulling out all the stops right here. And we're only on the introduction, you know. <laughs> so um, uh, I do appreciate that um, he doesn't just skip over, like I think a lot of people when they're preaching through a text or um, even making music on, on an epistle, they kind of skip over certain parts like the introduction or the the stuff at you know, the the greetings at the end and things like that so i appreciate that he not only included that part but but really you know did it up into a good full-length song so i did, I did appreciate that yeah it, it reminded me a lot of um, romans how romans began with uh i am paul uh just that like you said doing justice to the to the intro because the intro is important if you don't know just exegetically speaking, if you don't know who is speaking, you don't know who is being spoken to, then it's hard to establish a context. So yeah, I, I appreciate that, that time spent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, um, it, it does remind you a little bit of that Romans kind of beginning to it too. Um, and, uh, yeah. Fantastic. So we launched then into Behind Bars or Up the River, which focuses on uh, verses 12 through 18 of uh, Ophilippi, or uh, of Philippians, I mean. And this one, I don't know, I felt like it has this, this sort of joyful bent to it, but over the sounds of this prison yard going on in the background. Did y'all pick up on that? What did y'all make of that? Oh yeah, it definitely got like a jailhouse rock type of vibe from it. Uh, uh, the, I really liked the kind of bluesy feel to it, uh, but while it still feels fully solace, uh, I think one of the things that they do well when they shift genres is they can kind of put on the genre like it's a coat, but it's still solace in, in the moment. Uh, and I feel like they did that really well with this one. Yeah, I really, um, one of the things that I like about a song right off the bat um, is the beat. If it's got a good beat, I'm like into it. So um, the fact that they did a beat with like the, the stomping and the chains um, and the the prison, you know, doors opening and closing and stuff like that. Um, I really like the beat that they did with that. So, um, and it's funny. I like how they work in some, a little bit of, you know, comedy in there as well. Um, they do really good and uh, I'm looking forward to some of the behind the scenes videos that he's going to hopefully put out on some of these songs because I know there's easter eggs in this one I just I can't hear what they're saying but I'm curious if he ever tells us what some of the inmates probably you know Thomas and some other people that they know are shouting in the background but yeah that was uh, pretty uh, pretty cool if it, it, it definitely gives you this feeling like you're in prison, and yet um, there is um, this still this overriding hope within that. And when Cody was on the show, he he described. I remember asking him, "Oh yeah, Philippians is great. You know, um, Jesus is our joy. You know, is a is a big theme." And he's like, "Yes, joy is definitely a theme, but it kind of pops up here and there throughout the letter, and." Um, I think he shows that with this particular song where, um, you, you know, it does have that blues sort of feel and it's in a major key and everything like that, but 
it still has, um, it, you know, that background that's rather dark in a lot of ways. But then um, it, he talks about the light of Jesus Christ, yeah. uh, literally right there in the song. And um, that is the that is our strength, right? That is our hope, uh, that, and that's our source of joy. Yeah, and um, just from the from the standpoint of, of you know, this idea of prosody and, and maintaining the themes uh, in the title, it's behind bars or up the river. Up the river mm-hmm. being you know a, a colloquial term meaning in jail. Uh, yeah, he he threw that in. They don't mention the the line up the river in the song that I remember. Uh, behind bars is mentioned multiple times. Um, it's the it's the true title of the song, but I like how he said "or up the river" because it mm-hmm. it ties that in, uh, ties it into it. Also, if we remember, you know this this is a uh, it's one of the prison epistles, but Paul actually served time in Philippi. Um, he did. Yeah, so that was I, th- I think a. There's probably, I would imagine, there was some sort of connection in the moment that the church at Philippi would remember that Paul had been in prison there as well. I imagine that the Philippian jailer may have still been an active member of the church in Philippi when he was writing a letter to Philippi from jail, probably sparked some emotion there. Yeah, very very likely. Um, and that, yeah, this is the famous part where Paul and Silas uh, sang in, in prison and the uh, prison collapsed around them, yeah. and uh, then the jailer and his whole family uh, were were saved. Which they is, were they were at least all baptized. They were at least all baptized. I was gonna I was gonna point that out, but I didn't know how how uh, uh, Spencer <laughs> felt about that. There's a lot of household baptisms going on in Acts uh, 16. There, um, Lydia yeah. and her household. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. I'll say there's a lot of things in the Bible I still need to study more. I guess that's true for everyone, right? It is absolutely true for everyone. I do not have it all figured out. I just Acts and Revelation are two that I need to study a lot more. I'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we're getting now to Of Life and Death, which is my favorite song on probably the entire album, or at least among among the top 10, you know, of the 24. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm teasing, of course, but this really is up up at the top for me. Um, it's kind of like this reflective piece. Andrew Peterson is the first friend of Solos that kind of is, appears on here. And if you don't know him, he's like a polymath. The dude like puts out so much content. He writes music. He writes books. He writes, he, he narrates his own books. He puts out like videos and songs. And d- is he uh, Slugs and Bugs or is he the other one? Uh, he was on the first Slugs and Bugs album, but he was not the guy that does it. He's a he's a close friend of Randall Goodgame. They actually, uh, yeah. so both Andrew Peterson and Randall Goodgame got their, like their careers started. Uh, they worked together with Phil Vischer writing silly songs for Larry. So did they really? Yeah. Andrew Peterson got his, got his start writing silly songs for Larry. Yeah. I want to say you've said that before on the show. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. The guy is just like creativity coming out every pore of his body, the great guy. But uh, what I appreciate about, or, or what I just love about this song is how he weaves in 
the um, the New World Symphony, the second movement from there, which was actually taken by. Uh, so the New World Symphony was written by Antonin Dvorak back uh, closer to the turn of the century. We talked about Dvorak too when he was on the show. I want to say, but um, and it was actually one of his students took that second symphony and put put a few words to it. And um, the title of that song was was called "Going Home," which that's was a perfect selection of uh, music um, to put with this particular song. And that's the that's the piece that you hear woven throughout. It kind of increases in the um, in its presence in the song up until it grows more and more and more throughout the song until at the very end. Going home, going home. Um, I. Uh, Is it the part that's instrumental at the end of the track? Yes. Okay. I thought I recognized it, but I didn't. I couldn't place what it was. That uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's built on. Um, it's it, 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 we can put this in there, but it was, it was written by one of his students. Uh, it was written by one of Dvorak's pupils, William arms Fisher, um, who lived from 1861 and 1948. And the words that he wrote were going home, going home. I'm a going home quiet. Like some still day. I just going home. It's not far, just close by through an open door work all done care laid by Going to fear no more. Mother's there expecting me. Father's waiting too. Lots of folks gathered there. All the friends I knew. All the friends I knew. Home. I'm going home. Nothing's lost. All's gain. No more fret nor pain. No more stumbling on the way. No more longing for the day. Going to roam no more. Morning star lights the way. Restless dream all done. Shadows gone. Break o' day. Real life just begin. There's no break. There's no end. Just a living on, wide awake, with a smile, going on and on, going home, going home. I'm just going home. So this is the part of the letter where Paul is agonizing over, um, you know, hey, you know, I'm coming to the end of my, my life, and I don't know if I'm going to be around for very long. And realizing, hey, look, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And so he longs to go home. Uh, and yet he feels that, um, for the most part, you know, hey, I'm confident that I'm going to I'm going to stick around for a little bit because um, it, there's there's still thing, you know, God still has some things for me to do down here um, before he finally calls me home. Uh, and so uh, it's just a really neat weaving together. And um, I was just blown away when I first heard that song. So what about the rest of you? Um, I am not the biggest Andrew Peterson fan. Um, okay. But so I, I, I defer. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't listen to a lot of Andrew Peterson songs either. Really. The only one that I've really listened to is, um, drawing a blank but you know what i'm talking about what's that one that he's really popular for right now um uh, is he worthy 
That one, yes. Is he worthy? I don't know why I couldn't think okay. of that. Anyway, I love his version of that song. Or I guess it's it's his song. Um, but um, anyway, but I, so I don't know. I probably would have been just as happy with either uh, Thomas or Kelsey singing it. But um, I feel like he really did bring, bring something uh, special to that song. And um, one of the things that I, I guess I get... Uh, it gets me emotionally or whatever when I listen to that song toward the end um, when he says, you know, to live as, uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And then it goes into that instrumental part. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it sounded kind of familiar, but when he just kind of hums along to the tune um, that just gets me, I don't know why, but um, I think it, especially coming off of behind bars and you're kind of in that mindset of that, he's speaking from prison um it just reminds me of, of what did they do in prison? They, they um, sang a hymn. And so I didn't know what song it was, but it kind of sounds like he's coming off of that. He's in prison and he's humming along this, this, you know, I don't know if it's a hymn or what it is, but this song that um, it has kind of a wistful feel to it to me, but it also has a joyful, hopeful, even victorious uh, feel to it that in the middle of his chains, um, you know, he's, he's not only looking forward to something beyond, but he knows that it's a reality. So anyway, I just, I did enjoy that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it's uh it is a, just a beautiful piece of music. Uh, we then move through uh, the first of several different transition pieces, just a short 47 second, clip really of kind of um again reestablishing the motif uh it's sort of this tv show uh, back in the olden days the they would play at the end of the broadcast day because there was an end of the broadcast day back then um the national anthem and um that's kind of what they do here um into anthem of rome which is this very militaristic i would say uh piece that is in, in, you know um establishes it, it, the rome as this is the power that be this is who paul is imprisoned by when he's writing this letter and it sets up um are you a citizen of rome or later on are you a citizen of heaven? Right. And uh, so this is kind of setting up some of the stuff that's going to come later on uh, first um, uh, later on in the, um, the album. So what did y'all, yeah. What do y'all think of Anthem of Rome? Uh, the first time I heard it, I, I, I could tell I'm going to hear this again. Like I, I, I could just tell, like, I know what Cody's doing. He's he's going to uh, he's going to have this exact song later, but with all the words changed, and uh, was not disappointed. Um, I, I could totally be a a huge jerk right now and say something that Spencer said before we started recording and pretend like it was my words, but I, I'm going <laughs> to let him uh, give some some insight that I, I just felt was was very 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 uh, pointed. So I'm going to. Turn it to you. You mean talking about the uh, anthem, uh, anthem of Zion, also? Yeah, the the anthem of Rome, anthem of Zion. What you said about um, about like the kind of the forced 
yes. idea. Yeah. So, um, uh, I was working in the truck with another believer this week and, uh, he had listened to some of the album and he had commented that when he heard the Anthem of Rome, it was like big and bold and, you know, and then when you, when he skipped ahead and just listened to Anthem of Zion, he skipped over the rest because he just wanted to hear the other, the other side. And he was like, it was kind of disappointing. Like they really didn't seem to put as much, you know, oomph into the Anthem of Zion as they did the Anthem of Rome. And it made the Anthem of Rome seem like it was, uh, you know, bigger, better, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, well, first of all, <laughs> the Anthem of Zion can't be listened to without the previous track, which is Hymnus Christu. It's kind of like part B of that track and all the power is in Hymnus Christu. Um, but um, the thing that, that kind of hit me when we were talking about that was, um, I think that he intentionally made the Anthem of Rome be where we're in power because of force, you know, like, uh, you know, um, what do they say, uh, bow or else face the mighty sword, you know, and if they did that kind of a thing for the Anthem of Zion, um, it would be more like the Crusades, you know, that's not how Christ wins, not by a sword point. Um, and I think that's why you really have to listen to Hymnos Christu before Anthem of Zion, because it really sets the stage for by the time you get to the Anthem of Zion, you're just like, wow, you know, like this, this is the real power. This is the, this is how Christ is going to win. And uh, not by force, um, but by choice because of who he is and what he's done. And that's true worship. And so I think that Anthem of Zion seems to be a lot more, you know, our humble servant king, you know, that that's the, that's the king that we serve, not the sword point. Yeah. Dominus Kaiser? Question yeah. mark. I will say at the beginning of um, Anthem of Rome, that's where I got jump scared. I was on the I was on the lawnmower, and it was that kind of da 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 da. You know, this goes through the the anthem, and there's like, bah, 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 bah. yeah, <laughs> it scared me to death. I almost wrecked my mower. I had to stop. Um, so, uh, and I think that he actually made the, or maybe the mixing guy did, or whatever. I think the volume is louder too. I mean, like they just really cranked that up. I, I think he was yeah, trying to scare us. I don't know, but. Um, one of the, the things that I thought about that track when I was listening to it, and maybe it's because it came right off of the national anthem, but I know that he does take some inspiration from, uh, movies in some of his tracks. Like he just put out a video from Hebrews where the old was influenced by the music man. And, um, I just would, would be curious to see if, um, the anthem of Rome is influenced in some way by Captain America, because, he had that national anthem going into it. I felt like a lot of the music style of the Anthem of Rome reminded me of um, the Captain America style music before he became really Captain America. And he was on stage and they had all the, you know, where he was touring around the country and they had all the show business type stuff. That type of music really sounds like that Anthem of Rome. And then when they say, you know, like, um, what do they say? Uh, Kaiser Dominus. It just sounds like, you know, hail Hydra. <laughs> I just wondered if he's pulled some sort of a, a, you know, hidden meaning there. Well, yeah. And you have all like that background. It sounds like somebody given some sort of, you know, fascist speech or something going yeah. on in the background there. It sounds like an old recording of Hitler or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is uh, for real, but he really played up um, the different. And uh, I think you were bringing it out um, when you said, you know, they're, they're, they're the power in human form versus God's power, which doesn't need all the trappings of, you know, <laughs> the 
you know, kind of that, that sword and the, the, the very strong music and the militaristic feel and the, um, yeah, the kind of the whole, um, uh, yeah, Dominus Kaiser, you know, kind of feel to it. Um, God's power is different. Um, it's obviously infinitely more powerful, but, um, it's also different. Um, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his ransom as a life, um, his life as a ransom for many. Um, and we talk in Philippians two, which he hasn't gotten to yet, but again, Anthem of Zion and Hymnus Christu and like Jesus all cover that same grouping of verses uh, Philippians two, five through 11. Uh, and so exactly what you were saying to your friend there, you can't have Anthem of Zion without the other two, because they're all referring to the same type of, um, uh, the same set of verses. And it's, yeah, the, the album presents you with a choice, you know, are, is this, are, are you a citizen of Rome? Or are you going to be a citizen of Zion? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so uh, speaking of that, we roll right into Citizens, uh, and I'm saying that very specifically, that's how he has it spelled, uh, Citizens, parts one through three, uh, and it covers Philippians 1, 27 through 30, where he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, that whether or not I come and see you, I may hear of your activities, that you are standing fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Uh, do not be frightened by your adversaries. This is a sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this from God. For to you it was granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Uh, and that's in the modern English version, um, but it's those three verses. So, a lot of questions here. I mean, why does he call it citizens? Uh, why is it parts one through three? Um, why, you, you know, what do you make of the, the music behind it? Which is, you know, obvious, a, a complete opposite, you know, if you will, of Anthem of Rome that came right before it. And what else did you see? Uh, the first time that I was looking at the, the track listing, I saw parts one, two, and three. I was like, well, where's part four? <laughs> And then uh, mm. just now, in, so parts four and five is, uh, is track eighteen, and uh, and this isn't the first time he's he's done something like that. He's done that, and I know he did it in Romans, and I think possibly in, in Hebrews as well, where he kind of has the track titles be like this is part of it, and then we're gonna skip around. We're gonna go, I'm gonna pick this back up later. Um, in this, it's a it's kind of a mishmash of three sections and there's very hard instrumental uh, changes in these sections. So you don't have to worry, well, where is it going to be part one, part two, and part three? He, he lets you know. Um, part two, I believe, especially uh, resonated because it's a, uh, it picks back up on behind bars. So it's the same chorus of behind bars, uh, different verses, but uh it's kind of this idea in the context of it 
um, that to follow Christ might mean for the Philippians that they will one day be behind bars as well. And uh, so that's part of that counting of the cost. I thought it was neat that um, on the part three, he tied in with behind bars. I think he used similar melody um, in the background. And then um, definitely toward the second half of part three, he reused the same melody um, where uh, in behind bars where he said, I want you to know, brothers, that prison life has treated me nice. But he just changed the lyrics. Um, so um, I like when he ties back to certain things, even mm-hmm. without having to say it outright, you just make that connection because he's reusing certain musical elements. So Yeah. He does kind of break it up into three parts, too. Um, he it, It's kind of like the first part is just sort of that really serene type thing. Which is and beautiful. then um, there's a part that's a lot more like, and then there's, it goes down to like a, like a picking song, you know, like a banjo and, you know, just kind of singing and it brings back in kind of the river feel to it. And, um, you know, make sure we don't let that thread go. Um, and uh, anyway, it, it's, it's genius. I like it. I'm trying not to be hagiographic, but I can't help it. That's fine. That's why, that's why you're here. <laughs> word of the day. What does that word mean? I have no idea. Oh, I, I might not even be pronouncing it correctly, but it's just, it's usually used of like a uh, biography or something like that, that somebody just writes all the good stuff and can't even see any of the bad stuff, which is a great description of me um, <laughs> most of the time. But yeah. Hey, I love learning new words. That's a new one for me. <laughs> H-A-I-G-O-G-R-A-P-H-I-C Could be I don't know, look we'll, it up We'll go with that If you're listening, <laughs> comment, like, and share uh, This podcast And uh, let me know if I got it got it right Which you can do uh, By sending us an email at There is at Balm and Gilead Or, sorry <laughs> Don't do that Don't do that Bal- <laughs> There is at balmcast.com. Uh, send us an email there and we'll add you. Uh, or you can follow us on our brand new YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, which is just Balm and Gilead. Uh, or find us on the Not to Be app. So Absolutely. Now, I don't know if there. you guys have mentioned this on the podcast yet or not, but you can give a rating on Spotify now. Yes. <gasps> yes, you can. So if you listen on Spotify, please rate us. That'd be great. Um, and, um, if you don't, uh, if you have whatever podcast you're listening to, they usually have some sort of rating system. So that helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. We do. So, thank you. In fact, you could say that it complete, complete my joy. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, you that's kind that. of a rough, rough attempt at a transition, but <laughs> we, we move into, uh, the second chapter of Philippians now with verses one through four and the song complete my joy. Um, did y'all, I mean, what, what did y'all find here? I found some kind of interesting, I think, Easter eggs on this one. Um, yeah. Well, it plays in with another track down, down the way. We'll get to that later. But, um, just when I was listening through it today, even I noticed something I hadn't noticed before. <clears throat> I know, um, sometimes he'll use the music to, uh, 
convey a meaning. Yes. Like um, I'm thinking of uh, in Jude, I don't know the track name, but it's like um, they say, uh, these will divide you into little parts. Mm-hmm. And he plays all the chords in just the little individual notes, like they're fractured chords. And it's beautiful, but it's neat how he takes the music and, and ties in that meaning. So I think this one might be a similar thing where they're talking about unity and it's a waltz. Um, it's in the 6-8 time. So you have to have two people working together to waltz. And um, I just think it's interesting how it starts off and there's these kind of jarring, dissonant pieces, you know, chords in there every now and then. Like, you know, they're waltzing along. Oh, somebody just stepped on my toe. They're, they're, you know, it, it, you can't just learn to waltz overnight. It takes practice, it takes time. And, and you can tell that they're, they're giving it a go, but they still have some, some room to go. And, and like, I think maybe in verse two or something, he's got, I don't know what the name of the instrument is, but it's kind of wobbling around in the background, you know, kind of unsteady, not really sure what it's doing. And, but as the song progresses, you can feel more instruments coming in, less dis, you know, less jarring. And it kind of builds and strengthens until the end. He goes into that same, uh, piano, whatever that motif thing that was in the beginning, but all the notes that were jarring and dissonant are now correct. So it's just kind of neat to watch that move through that that pattern of them uh, growing in unity, I guess. And this is why we have you on the show, because I don't pick up on that. <laughs> well, yesterday I wouldn't have picked up on it either. <laughs> I just no, know it's... to look for it because I know I've learned Cody puts this stuff in there and I want to find yeah. everything. I'm sure there's a lot of things I haven't found yet, but I know that's in there. Yeah. Cody, if you're listening, come back on the show with us and uh, fill in the details for us because we got <laughs> questions. Yes. Uh, at the beginning too, it kind of has that static again. And so that's coming back in. You have that rivery type type thing. And, um, let's see. Oh, one, one thing uh, like being joined as one, like sets, uh, this is earlier on and it like hits that discordant note. And it's just like, you know, it fights against the meaning of the text because it's showing about growing. Like you explained it so beautifully, Spencer. And I just love that. Uh, fantastic stuff. So we then um, go to for Lydia, which is an instrumental. And uh, this one is, uh, you know, okay, let's see how many, one, two, three, four, five, six. I make mark six of these as a favorite in, uh, you know, with the little green heart in Spotify or whatever. Right. And um, Lydia, as we know, this does not give in a, uh, a, a verse, you know, it's not really in Philippians, but it's calling back to the uh, Lydia as one of the people that started the Philippian church. Right. And so um, she gets her own little uh, uh, theme here too, in the Philippians album, which is kind of neat. Um, anyway, go ahead. What do y'all, it's just a short little transition piece again uh, that kind of ties ties off that complete my joy part and prepares us for uh, two, five through 11, which is that set of um, three songs like Jesus, Hymnus Christu and the Anthem of Zion. Yeah. 
I have a little bit of a theory on that one. I'm still trying to fit. That's the one piece that I'm not quite sure what, what it's there in that positioning in the album and what it means. Um, but it's the same waltz as complete my joy, but it's yeah. got just other elements in it. And it almost feels like the setup. And then this is like, now they're working together um, in unity um, at the end of complete my joy. Um, Kelsey says, um, uh, you say you need an example of what it means to live this way. We'll pay close attention. There's three that I'll mention. And I know there's probably a few different ways legitimately that that could be interpreted, but I'm wondering if one of them is the, the two instrumental tracks, Lydia, Yodia, and Syntyche. Syntyche, how do you say that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be what she means by that. Um, one, Lydia being the example of unity and then Yodi and, and Syntyche being the ones that are, are not living that way. I, I will say Yodi and Syntyche, I um, laugh at that piece every single time it comes in because it has this boom, bottom, boom, yeah. bottom. And it's just like these, I don't know, maybe it's a little stereotypical, but you can just see these two ladies and they're famous because they get in, uh, it, Paul, urges them to stop fighting with each other. In other words, they're not displaying the unity that, you know, he's speaking so highly of in the first part, like, and they're like attacking it. And these two instruments just kind of weave in and out of each other. Like they're fighting almost, you know, like they, and uh, I just, it's also done in just this humorous way, which I love anyway, go on. Didn't mean to, interrupt but uh there's three that'll mention um because she could also be talking about um yeah uh jesus obviously would be one and then um uh honor these men um what were the names of the two guys i've, I've already I'm timothy, timothy and um Something itis. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that's how you say his name? <laughs> no, no, it was uh, that's a somebody. Really what a too. guy. Uh, Epaphroditus. That's right. Yeah. Epaphroditus. Yeah. He caught an itis. Yeah. And almost died. Kelsey, almost you can't died. say that. Kids are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be the three there because those are actually obviously Christ. But, but the other two, I guess could be put forth as as the second and third i don't know yeah i also was wondering is it referring to the songs themselves like like jesus hymnus christu and anthem of zion right because they are all bound by the um they they speak to the same set of verses and maybe that's what what it is there's i I don't know i got nothing but theories yeah and knowing cody Cody, could all three be right (laughs) cody we need help Maybe it's, maybe it's three sets of three. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. what it is. Uh, the three that, yeah. that I'll mention. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, so after, for Lydia, we, we do get into those three songs, like Jesus, Hymnus Christo, and Anthem of Zion. And arguably, this is the climax of the album, especially that, that middle track, Hymnus Christo. Um which sets up for an interesting album because we have half of the album still to go and we've already 
kind of, it's, it makes for a long denouement, but uh, quite honestly, I think the last half of the album is is my favorite of it. It's got some of my favorite songs mm. in it. Um, mm. But uh, Like Jesus is the second of the uh, Solace and Friends songs. Yes. Written by a man named Dennis Parker, um, which if you click on his name, usually brings you to the artist page. But this apparently is the only one here that he's done. I don't know much about him. I, like Jesus, though, is, first of all, I, this is another I I love this song. Um, it, uh, it, it has sort of a cowboy country sort of feel to it. Um, a little bit of bluegrass influence, but it feels feels a little bit different. And it, did, I, I love this song because of the way it moves, and it it just keeps going forward. And um, it also uh, just has a really just listenable chorus. Um, Spencer, maybe this is one of the ones that you felt can stand alone a little bit easier than. Uh, other songs on the album. I would definitely agree with that. This is something that I would listen to um, probably just on its own because I like it. Um, anyway, what else do you, uh, what, maybe, maybe we take these three as sort of a bundle. Hymnus Christo is next and it followed by Anthem of Zion. Uh, yeah. Hymnus Christo. That was just all Greek to me. <laughs> 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 me too. And I did find the English lyrics to that, so I can post those uh, in the show notes uh, when we get get to that. But uh, Spencer, I know Hymnus, uh, Hymnos Christu is uh, definitely one of your favorite songs. I know you had a lot to say about that. Um, why did you like it uh, so much? What what made this so interesting to you? Yeah, um, I guess um, when I was listening to the album for the first time, I was on a lawn. And um, I guess there's just something about hearing that message in the original Greek, even though um, I couldn't understand it. I was like, surely they've got the lyric video up. So I stopped and pulled up the lyric video <clears throat> and something about just reading it and hearing it at the same time. It just got me so emotionally. <laughs> I was like, you know, I had to turn the edger off. I was like wiping my eyes and stuff. Whoever was whoever's lawn I was on was probably looking out thinking, "What in the world happened to my lawn guy?" But um, he was he was thinking, "Man, why is the lawn guy allergic to grass?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that was just every time I hear it, if I listen to it, you know, all the way through, and and uh, you just let it build and get up to that, you know, um, when it's like Jesus Christ is Lord. I forget the Greek for that, uh, kurios uh, something. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that just is, to me, the pinnacle of the album right there. And then going into the Anthem of Zion, it's like, you know, you've already got me down. Now you're kicking me. It's like, you know, <laughs> um, it just brings tears to my eyes again. So um, that's just a really good one-two punch there. Yeah, there's a, there's something about just listening to the voices as instruments. You know, the I'm usually not a fan of foreign language uh, tracks without an interpretation, uh, at least handy. But this is nestled in between two other tracks that go over the same passage. And so I think that they earn it uh, in, in, in that regard. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's just a nice, 
choral arrangement. Um, if you're familiar with those verses, then you can you can meditate on those verses. Um, again, like I, I would say, I, I listen to this, and that's it. That's it as far as the choral music. Whereas uh, some of us, Grant, maybe I don't know how how many hours a day do you listen to choral music, Grant? Uh, well, it depends on the day, but I do <laughs> love choral music. Um, I call me crazy, but I still, I, I, I will look for songs that we have sung before, either in high school or choir, uh, choir, or even in college and put those on playlists and things like that. And I still know the tenor part, tenor one, which was, I don't know if I could hit those notes anymore, but back in the day used to. Uh, but that's actually one of the things that really I connected with in this song was it felt very much in the same vein as like a John Rutter or a, um, Arvo part, uh, part, um, piece, um, maybe it, you know, or, or, and, and it sounded almost like a callback to like a, a Thomas Tallis from the, you know, the medieval, uh, period. Uh, in England, uh, right around the time of the Reformation, actually, he was writing a lot of music. And he, one of his most famous pieces is this 40-part harmony. You know, these things can get very elaborate. Now, this one doesn't do that, but it has a lot of the same um, sound. And a, a musicologist, like either of you two, could probably fill me in on what, the, what, what I'm hearing and give a name to it. Um, but it has a lot of the same um, harmonies pairings you know like the the chord structures are a lot very similar to um especially early on in the song uh t- to something that sounds like it's right out of uh, thomas tallis or um or, or or somebody like that 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 was writing in this this um later medieval period early <laughs> renaissance area uh period yeah it's as if cody knows what he's doing yeah i would say so i mean Good grief. Uh, he definitely is calling back to that. I, I, the thing, the question for me is why though, because Spencer, you said it earlier in this episode, but he has a reason for everything he's doing. What is it with the kind of like mixing of, uh, all these different styles and he picked this style for this piece. And he picked the Greek for this piece. Why did he do it in Greek rather than English? Why did he choose to do it in this choral style that calls back to, yeah, the, the kind of the, the, the late medieval period, early Renaissance period church. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Questions to ask him, Cody, if you're listening. <laughs> well, he did say that he was going to um, hopefully um, make some more behind-the-scenes videos for both Hebrews and Philippians. So hopefully he'll That's right. have time to do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe he'll yeah, I'm looking questions. forward to those. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to those. Um, yeah, I just when I was listening through the the first time, uh, I mentioned that there like about halfway through there's a change, um, and it's. There's a lot more like deep bass notes involved. Um, 
Uh, and then this is where it kind of switches to more of that modern, more Arvo pair kind of style um, or uh, like a, even a John Rutter type style where he is um, he, the way he builds it is different than like Thomas Tallis, maybe a little bit. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I kind of picked from it. Um, and uh, would be curious to find out what some of our more musically inclined, uh, especially the theory guys, you know, and, and, and girls out there uh, write in, tell, tell us what we're missing here because um, yeah, Brad, we're talking about you. We're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I said guys, I was thinking Brad Bienhoff. Uh, I, I, I did not, you know, read the English, uh, English translation as this is going on, but was the, did you, either of you guys pick up on, did that change happen at the therefore, you know, therefore you know, God has exalted him to the highest name. It, Cause the beginning of the Christ him, you know, is the, is the, the stepping down, you know, he humbled himself mm. to a man, mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, to death and death on a cross. And then, then it reverses, you know, therefore God has given him the name that is above every name. Um, I think it was around there. Cause that would, that would make I, sense. I would have to say my Greek is a bit rusty, but I mean, it sounds plausible. Yeah. That <laughs> would, that would make sense to have a massive, shift in the in the music because that was a pretty massive shift in the in the narrative i guess one of the things that um uh i I had forgotten until just now that that also was kind of impactful about that song to me was Mm -hmm. that something about the way that 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 type of music to me and it's only probably the second choral song i've ever heard (laughs) i don't listen to that kind of music sending you some Spotify links after this, uh, Spencer. Get ready. My lawn mowing is going to start going slow as I go to slower BPM. Music. My boss is going to be like, no more choral music for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess to me, it sound, when I'm listening to it, I can, especially in the second half, um, when, the, when it kind of does that change, um, it almost conjures in my mind of a uh, of like a throne room with the king walking mm. down getting ready to be crowned and all the people are there singing and it, you know i don't know maybe that's what he was kind of going for is that this is the the coronation of the king you know i don't know it makes sense i buy it yeah well we'll be waiting for those uh, behind the scenes videos and or cody to come back on the show Absolutely. and correct us well so, i'll be sending i'm looking forward i'll be to sending him the link to this episode so he, he asked me to do awesome. that, so I will, awesome. <laughs> I'll be sending that to him. Uh, Very cool. So after Hymnus Christo, which is the the pinnacle of the album, we have the the anthem of Zion. We've we've touched on it already. Um, but I, I like what you said that it's kind of like this. It's like victory through humility. It isn't victory through force, at like the anthem of Rome, but it is this kind of victory through humility and uh like the victory is already won we don't have to fight it any anymore it's we can rest in that victory mm. yes uh that's definitely it, it, that's got to be a uh big piece of that yeah because you roll right into anthem of zion praise be to jesus our humble servant king he gave his life for us we dwell beneath his wings 
Uh, that's how the, that's the first opening phrases yeah. of um, verse of the anthem of Zion. Now, what do you guys think he means by that? I couldn't really understand what that line meant. We dwell beneath his wings. Um, his protection uh, is typically when uh, when that phrase comes about, either in the Psalms or when Jesus spoke it. He was talking about you know the shadow of his wings, or you know he he hides us under his wings like a like a mother hen hiding her chicks. Oh, right. Uh, is, is what I would is what I would think. That makes sense. Yeah, I was just looking at the passage, reading over it again to see if there's some clues there. Um, yeah, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously I think um, Brian's right there. Like he's calling back to that imagery. I was just curious if he made mention of that. He might just be extending the servant metaphor. Yeah. Oh, and he needed to write a rhyme with King as well. I'm sure that played into it. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, all yeah, well, the tricks that we make when we we're trying to rhyme words. Yep. But I really do like both of those songs. They're really good. Yeah. I really don't think that you can take Anthem of Zion on its own, though. It has to be played. It's like the second part of it's really the same song as Hymnus, Hymnos Christu, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the. Uh, I can read if it's helpful. Some of the English lyrics uh, of Hymnus Christu, uh, and then compared with the Anthem of Zion that we just uh, were talking about, uh, and it's Christ Jesus who is in the form of God existing, not something to be grasped, considered to be equal with God, but Himself emptied the form of a servant, having taken in the likeness of men, having been made. Christ Jesus, and in appearance, having been found as a man, He humbled Himself death, having become obedient unto death, death even of the cross. Uh, therefore also, therefore also God, him highly exalted and granted to him the name above every name. Therefore God, him highly exalted and granted to him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. So pretty much just takes it right through yeah. the entire... Oh, and it continues on, but uh, you know, it, it, it really follows the... Uh, passage very very closely there nice and this is almost like saying it a different way i did notice that there's a lot of kai and <laughs> what was the other one there was one that was there was two words that i kept hearing over and over again oh auto auto and kai i heard that a lot <laughs> i guess that's yeah. in that passage a lot uh kai, kai is and i, I guess and yeah. yeah auto is um uh i should know that i've I've come across it. Um, well, I mean, nobody's looking to me to be the Greek scholar. Here, so <laughs> I, I doubt that my interpretation means much. Yeah, I only have, I only have uh, Hebrew tattooed to my arm. So, Well, we turn to you for all foreign languages, Brian. I think that's... Entiendo todo lo que estás diciendo. That was great. I don't know what you said, but it sounded good. I said I understand everything you just said. My boss always answers the phone. Uh, hola, oh, uh, hola, como estas? Bien, too. <laughs> so he like completes his own sentence, and then you're like, uh, I don't know what to say right now. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, after, and uh, unless you had something else to say about Anthem of Zion, like the next song just like flips a switch or something. Like we are all of a sudden ushered right out of that kind of very high uh, feeling that we had. And we, we get the um, kind of soda pop shop song uh, in light. And uh, so it, it feels very much like a, a early fifties type piece when we were transitioning out of like doo-wop and into uh, you know, bands with guitars and everything um, as sort of main instruments. And that's the feel it had to me. But uh, what did you all think? This is probably one of the ones that um, comes to my, like when I'm just around and I'm not listening to the album, the chorus Mm -hmm. of this song is what comes into my head more than probably any of the others. Really? Um, Yeah. It just, usually I'll be out working or something like that and I'll just have that start humming that tune. So that was a good one. He did good on that. Has a hook. Yeah. Brian, I I know you've studied hooks and things like that before. Is there a more appropriate uh, way to put that? Uh, Probably not. Yeah. The the hook is just anything lyrically or musically that grabs your attention and and holds. That's why you go back to the song. Uh, So like earworms are really good at, at having hooks, probably way too good at having hooks. Uh, and so, yeah, if you, if you can remember the chorus to a song, then that's, that's a mark of, of good success. That's a good sign. I click the button and then you heard a little bit of for you to, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. I think I mentioned that earlier, but, um, it's just, hilarious to me like i all i cannot help but smile when i hear that song because <laughs> i can just see yodi and Sintiki. we we talked about that yeah. earlier and uh i'm but, getting us i'm getting us off track sorry <laughs> no nah, you're good you're good uh so we roll right into honor these men uh unless you had something else about in light but uh honor these men where we're now at uh verses 19 through 30 of chapter two yeah um this is a pleasant song it is. It's it's just it's great classic Thomas and Kelsey. Uh, r- mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of um, that song in Hebrews, the the conversation where uh, where they're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, your guitar is an ineffectual type. Yes, yes. What, what probably my favorite song on Hebrews, uh, <laughs> which I I love it when they do that yeah. too. Yeah, um, this is like the most solo-like song is, in the whole bunch. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And <laughs> you, yeah, it's just it's it's sweet. It you know, <laughs> I cannot wait to catch them in concert um, because, <laughs> again, I, I I said it earlier. This would translate so well into some sort of like stage production yeah. type show, and I would, I would definitely come out to see that mm-hmm. so I, I think one of the one of the things i really love about them going back and forth like that um they do it in a way that's just right you know like they're not like getting on each other's nerves you can tell they still love each other but it's just funny it's comedic yeah and um i think that's something that really endeared me to solace as a band is that they do stuff like that they throw little things like that in there and you feel like um you're almost getting to know them a little bit 
Um, one of the things that I really thought was neat about um, this song, and that's kind of a, I guess, a production trick. I'm not sure if they did this on purpose or not, but when you have things like the footsteps and you have, it sounds like somebody's in the background speaking and then they're in the foreground and stuff. It feels kind of more like you're in the studio with them yeah, and you almost kind of feel a little bit more of an intimate environment. And then um, during the song, I don't know, it subconsciously just gives them a little bit more um, access to deliver the message. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but no, I, I get what you're saying. No. Uh, I, I liked, totally get it. I think one of my favorite little just ditties was when the, the high treble on the piano starts playing. It's like not anywhere close to in sync with the rest of it. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the mental picture you have is that Thomas is playing the piano and that Kelsey comes along and she's just bothering him, uh, just playing a little bit. And then at the end she goes back to it and I don't know if she's playing it, probably not, but, um, you know, he's like, you can stop playing the songs over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yeah. Uh, it's it, like I said, it's just a really sweet song. And, um, you know, that's one of those other songs that I just have, uh, marked as one of my favorites. What was interesting on the Patreon page in the comments is, um, after he released the, um, album, I don't know if it was before it went to the public or not. I can't remember, but Surprisingly, that was most of the people when they were responding their feedback. That was their favorite of the whole album, that song, which he was even surprised about. <laughs> so, but that went that went really yeah. well. He's just got to learn that people like him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And finally, <laughs> yeah, finally, which is based on Philippians three one. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Uh, that's first one. Uh, does anybody else wish they would have finished, like made a song out of this? Like I was like, uh, I don't know. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like this song. And then it like cuts into. I am better than you. <laughs> like record rip. I think having Shylin bust into it makes up for not having it in a full song. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. It's like, you know, hey, you thought you were listening to a solo album, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you really came here for me. Yes. <laughs> because I am better than you. That's right. Yeah. It is only a matter of time before a, like, this is like the perfect fight song for a Christian school to play during their football yeah. games. You know, <laughs> this is one of the, you know, the pump up jam or something like that in the, in the Christian school locker room. I can see it now. It's gotta be. Yeah. This, this song is great. And, um, if you're familiar with Shylin, uh, on his still Jesus album, he has a song called I'm hot, which is a, uh, it's a persona, uh, piece where he is personifying the sun and he's saying, I'm hot. Like the world revolves around me. And he's literally, he's, he's voicing the sun. Uh, it reminds me so much of that. Even like the whole, the whole message of it, because the, the his song, the, the I'm hot that ultimately is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And when Christ died, the sun went black for, uh, for a time. And so he's talking about, you know, even though I am like the most important thing on the earth and not even on the earth, um, Jesus is more important. 
And, uh, and we get that with, with this, uh, you know, in the passage, Saul or Paul is, uh, is talking about, you know, I am like, if you are looking for anyone, uh, to be able to boast about anything, it's me. Like I can, I have so much that I can boast in, but all of that's nothing. Um, and so if, if, if I can't boast in my accomplishments, you surely can't boast in yours because I am better than you. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is definitely way different than anything solace has ever done. And, um, I think when Cody came on, he kind of let him let us know, like he wrote part of it, but then Shai Lin really added quite a bit, obviously to, to the song, both when recording, but then also, uh, just in the writing of the song, I believe. Right. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, so I, I don't listen to a lot of, of Christian hip hop, um, Shylin is really probably 95 plus percent of what I listen to. That is Christian hip hop with maybe some beautiful eulogy thrown in there. But um, mm-hmm. uh, typically his, his, you know, his tracks with the instrumentation, it's like the typical like sampled really kind of techno stuff. It sounds uh, it's, it's not really live instrument sounding. Whereas this is Solos. Solos is backing him and it's got the live instruments. It's got the, the brass. It's got, it's got the, uh, you know, the, the full Solos orchestra behind him. And it's just, it's brilliant. I just love it. Like I love the sound of this song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember when I heard this for the first time um, on like the preview thing, I was just grinning from ear to ear the whole way through. <laughs> so I was working. I was like, this is, this made my day. <laughs> Yeah, because I love Shylin, or I don't like all of his music. I guess that's true for every every artist, pretty much. But sure. um, hip hop in general is something that I've had to uh, so uh, acquired taste for me. Um, and in certain artists, I really love it, and other artists, I just I can't stand it. So, um, but Shylin is one that, especially his, um, what's the one where he goes through uh, all the doctrines. Yes, I love that album. I could listen to the whole thing, and I have while I've worked over and over again. Um, so I really appreciate that. I mean, come on. His first his first track in the album was called Table of Contents, and it was literally a table of contents, and it was still a really good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Timothy Brindle's another good one. Have you heard of I him? have, yeah. Uh, oh, I haven't. He he does some with Shylin, which is how I learned it. But um, I actually I go to church with someone that knows him. Which is kind of interesting. Okay, um, he's got an album called "The Unfolding" that's really good. It's it's Joel knows him, but I think Joel knows Timothy Brindle like I know Zach Williams. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, so this album or this song, I I, lo- I love the the rap part. He gets to the end or he gets to the uh, the, the turn where he's like, you know, all of this boasting that I'm making is nothing. If, if I can't boast in Christ, then I can't boast at all. And then he ends the song with a, with a, when I survey the wonders cross, it's different lyrics, but it's the, the tune, yes. uh, when I survey the wonders cross and just that, you know, that calm, serene, it's just, it's 
really, really beautiful. Like he's he's a good rapper, but he's got a nice singing voice too. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Is. And uh, and then we get to channel some more Hebrews action when he uh, when he sings "Run, Run," which is uh, on Hebrews. There was a song called "Run Like Heaven," and in the, the track right before it, Kelsey sings that "Run." run and then there's a hard break to the to the next track run like heaven and so uh after i am better than you we have run like earth which is very different from run like heaven musically speaking as you might expect as you might expect uh run <laughs> run like heaven which is one of my favorite solo songs of all time is a nice it's a, it's a mellow song it's got a nice build to it, but it's it's pretty traditional sounding um, as opposed to classical or I don't know, but it's a but it's 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 pretty tame. Whereas this is like rock opera, Run Like Earth. It's it's a it's it's pretty interesting. It's 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 very different, but the the chorus is the same lyrics to Run Like Heaven, but with a different tune. And, uh, and I really liked that about this song. This is the yeah. one he said was um, his foray into uh, electronic music. This is what he would consider an electronic song. Yes. So I thought that that was interesting, you know, what, with what I've been experimenting with as well. Um, but I really like this. This is one of my favorite ones. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. it it's, it's a nice, it's a nice song. I, and one thing I do like about Run Like Earth is that it's it's like a closed song, like it has a beginning and it has an ending. Uh, I feel like you can enjoy this one on in shuffle. Whereas "Run Like Heaven," it being one of my favorite songs, does not end uh, in a way that you can listen to it on shuffle. Mm-hmm. Well, it has that '80s vibe to it, which and it calls back to like the Running Man, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from. 1987. Um, I've never seen it. Um, my wife actually pointed this out to me. She's like, that sounds like the running man, (laughs) but apparently according to IMDB, it's a, in a dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets his shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in TV game show where convicts runners must battle killers for their freedom. So, very short. Sounds like Death Race. Never seen the other one. I haven't one. either. <laughs> was was the Gerard Butler movie where it was like a kid is playing a, a first person shooter game, but instead of a video game, it's an actual like they're like mind controlling people. Oh, I thought you were gonna say war games, no. but no. no, this is like an actual movie. I didn't see that one either. I think it's called first person or something like that. Oh, not war games. What is it called then? Where the kids like, uh, get into the computer and they're like playing these, what they think is a game, but it's actually like thermonuclear yeah, it's, it's war, war with the Russians. It's war games. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's uh, that's Matthew okay. Broderick. Like when he was 12, not 12, but he looks 12. <laughs> it's been a while. I think it was pre Ferris Bueller. If I remember correctly. I think those were all before my time. <laughs> yeah. 
So anything, uh, anything else on Run Like Earth before moving on? No. Although I did find, I hate to bring this up now, uh, Honor These Men, I wrote, my, my notes say, inventive, uh, first of all, it was kind of neat to see Thomas and Kelsey figure it out together. Like, it was sort of like they were almost figuring it out as they went. Um, and then just a lot of inventive harmonies at the end. And I wrote, like if George Winston wrote a song with words. <laughs> so, um, do you know who George Winston is? Never mind. No. Okay. Brad will know. Brad. Brad. Brad will know. You know George Winston, right? Right? Right. I think he does. I would that not be surprised. Probably a really bad Brad impression. I don't know Brad. Anyway. He and I have bonded over Ola. Uh, oh, not Ola Yegla. Uh, the other guy. Um, oh, man. It was somebody Jansen, wasn't it? Yeah. Ray. Ola Jansen. It was like all the best pianists are named Ola, I guess. Anyway. Um, sorry for that. So run like heaven. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just wrote down sounds like running man looks. So <laughs> sounds good. We, we, we move after that though, into citizens parts four and five. And, um, we kind of went through that. Um, through parts one through three earlier on. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we kind of pick it up with the uh, city's ends parts uh, four and five. And uh, it's um, this part of the passage uh, versus um, chapter three, verse 17 through um, verse one of chapter four is, um, Hey, follow me as I follow Christ kind of thing. Um, you know, Paul is setting out an example and, um, to say, look, there are very not good ways to go about, about this. Right. Um, and so he's calling them to be a citizen of, of heaven, not Rome. Um, and it again, calls back to that same motif of where, do you, do you know where you belong? Not in Rome. We know where we belong. Zion. One of the things I yeah. thought was um, impressive about this one, at least from my perspective, because I don't really know how to play any instruments except for percussion, which I don't think that counts. Um, but, well, in a way. But at the end of the song, they increase the tempo and they get faster and faster and faster and they're all playing together. I'm, I'm sure there's some, you know, probably easy way for them to do that, but that just seems so difficult for me that they could all increase that speed on that kind of curve and not come out of time with each other. That's just impressive. They, they probably had a, a conductor. His name might have been Cody, who is... Oh, <laughs> okay, see, there's all kinds of stuff I don't yeah. know. That would, that would be my guess. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four... But even then, for him to be able to increase the tempo gradually without them throwing him off, I mean, there's there's got to be some level of difficulty oh, yeah, there. I imagine so. Uh, I am not classically trained as a musician, uh, and I am probably the only musician in my church who is not classically trained. And so they had me play with them on a, on Christmas Eve, and they're all like, "We could we could do it this way," you know. They had like the sheet music and stuff, and I'm just like, "Just give me some chords," and I'll like hold on and I'll, it'll be fine. 
I'll be okay. Just, just go, just go <laughs> on. If, you, if I bow out, just go on without me. I'll be okay. So I, I felt like I, I felt like I knew nothing in that session. I felt like I knew nothing. Um, so that's always fun. You could be like Kelsey at the piano yes, and just, just kind of pick your way yes. along. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminded me, uh, I wrote down in my notes, like, um, like Russian style. It felt very whirling dervish kind of thing, you know, where it's just like, yeah, where they just accelerate faster and faster and uh, up until the end. Anyway, pretty cool. Yeah. Bum, bum, Which brings bum, us. Bum, 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 and then, twin, twin, twin. how does that? How does that? Uh, the other instrument come in there. Um, twin, twin. So it's the oboe, just kind of like, bottom, just sort of like. Uh, I wish you could see my my uh, YouTube. Right I was going to say, <laughs> we need video yeah. here. Yeah, but it, it seems like you know, just like you, you know, what it reminds Peter me of Peter and the Wolf. It reminds me of Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, it does actually remind me a little bit of Peter and the Wolf. But um, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, Cinderella, the at least a Disney movie, and the the stepsisters. You know mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. would like it, they. You could tell that they believed themselves to be very prim and proper. Um, but they were anything but, yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, that's what the whole song just kind of reminds me of is that, that kind of like, um, not duplicity, but the, uh, the, 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 the tension, uh, the, the fighting between reality and reality as the, uh, participants see it, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and perhaps, you know, to me, it was a perfect picture of, we don't know much about Yodi and Syntyche, except that they're mentioned here as having this argument and that apparently it keeps on happening all the time, fighting against the peace and unity of the church. And Paul's like, please tell them to stop, just stop. And so the fact that this is an instrumental is great because it, it doesn't try to say too much or imagine like this, you know, possible way that it could be. Um, instead it just sticks with it, you know, um, yeah. and, and then it ends in this clashing, you know, whereas the, what, what song was it? Complete my joy. Complete my joy ended in this beautiful chord where it all kind of came together. This one ends in a, like just a sickly sweet clashing, you know, lots of seconds in there chord that just fights against each other. And it just really brings out that saccharine sweetness, like fake discrepancy between what's real and what's perceived kind of like feel to yeah. it. And I, I don't know. Whole song is brilliant. Yeah. In the, so tradition kind of says that in chapter four of this letter, mm-hmm. uh, Paul was running out of parchment. And so he just tried to put in as, much as he could as succinct as he could just like nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget i mean there's so many awana's memory verses in chapter four of philippians because he's (laughs) trying to put make every note count and he took time 
to talk about these two women. Like it was important. Um, so it's, it shows how important it was to have unity in the church. I feel like there's a lot of things that he put in this song, like Easter eggy type things. One of them I, I messaged him on, on uh, Patreon and he confirmed it was um, I was listening to the song uh, probably the third or fourth time. And I was like, once I started to get familiar with the album, I heard parts of the song and I was like, this sounds familiar. Where have I heard this before? And then I started going back and cycling through all the songs, trying to figure out if, if I'd heard it somewhere and I found it. And I messaged him. I was like, can you sing the words of Complete My Joy to for you, Odin, and Syntag, however you say your name? And he's like, good catch. Yes, you can. So that's what was really clever to me is that the message for them in Complete My Joy is that Complete My Joy by being joined as one. He's saying that to Yodia and Syntyche as well. But <clears throat> what I think is interesting is that um, <clears throat> Complete My Joy is a waltz in 6-8. But for Yodi and Syntyche, is not. It's in 4-4. Four, four. So they're not even trying to waltz. Um, in fact, they're kind of squared off against each other. 4-4. Four, four. So um, I thought that that was kind of an interesting choice there. Um, and it also kind of threw off the melody enough to where you might not pick it up at first, um, that that's what he was doing. I also thought it was interesting, I guess about midway through, there's like this really big like, Ba 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 ba. You know, like this really big orchestra thing, where it's kind of like the big bad wolf kind of a feeling, and that kind of reminded me of that passage that said, uh, "Be careful um, not to devour each other with your words." I don't, you know, what I'm talking about. I can't remember the exact passage. Sure. Um, you know, the power of the tongue, um, and I thought maybe that might have been kind of the feel he was going for there. Um, in that part. Yeah. James three is, uh, the power of the tongue. And, uh, with, um, this does a small little tongue, you, you know, small spark sets up a whole forest fire. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That, that is brilliant. Like way to, way to like dig that one out. That's, that's awesome. That just makes me appreciate this even more. Makes well, me appreciate the song. Yeah, yeah he, he really packs all that stuff in there. I'm sure there's so many things that we haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> when he has two years to pack all these Easter eggs in here, there's no telling what's in here. Yeah. So then we go into Rejoice in the Lord, which is a fantastic song, If uh, especially, like, I, I bet there are children's choirs across the nation who are adding this to their fall repertoire for 2022. Sure. Um, it, it seriously is a great song, but, um, and, and has the kids singing in it and everything like that. What did y'all make <clears throat> of this song? Especially right after the song we came out of Yodi and Syntyche. This one really convicted me when I heard it the first time uh, toward like maybe the three fourths mark. Um, where it, it says uh, something about it, if this is true, what can take our take our joy away or something like that. This one through, you know, the next, you know, two or three tracks. Um, I think, I don't remember what was going on in the news at the time, but I remember um, really being into it, like, you know, keeping up with it, like every day, like what's going to mm -hmm. happen kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I still try to keep abreast of what's going on, but um, 
I think it, I was really letting it worry me. Um, and um, I think that uh, these these three tracks, this one and Breaking Noise and Think of These Things, really um, kind of uh, softly rebuked me a little bit <laughs> and, and helped me get my, my eyes back on what's in, what's, what I should be looking at, which is heavenly things, not things of the earth. So I appreciated that song. Yeah, that's... Yeah, um, and, I mean, and that's what the Word of God yeah. does, right? It convicts us and it, it uh, teaches us um, where we've kind of gone astray, gone, um, or we just need to, yeah, kind of move back right back into that river, that stream. Yeah, I, I love the upbeatness of this song too. It is such a happy song. Mm-hmm. Um, it really it. I don't know. It feels so simple. Yet. I think that's part of reinforcing the message of the song too. In one sense, it is simple. Rejoice in the Lord. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Um, Psalm 42 says that three times in 42, 43. And right here we have um, rejoice in the Lord you know and uh, what do you do when you're anxious what do you do when you're suffering when people are against you what do you do when everything falls apart rejoice in the Lord uh, and so the song everything just like serves to reinforce that and um, I think it does yeah just a great job of that I liked the I liked the progression of this song. It kind of starts off with some really simple things, then it gets into like some real things, but kind of like silly things, like when you're stuck in traffic. Uh, you know, those are real things. We should we should remember that. And then it and then it moves on to like the more serious things. Um, and uh, you know, it's when you really get down into like the more serious things, it's it's tough. Uh, you, you get you get pierced in the heart a lot of times. Um, you know, what, what do you do when, you know, you are driving along, listening to, to good music, and then you get the phone call that your wife miscarried rejoice in the Lord. It's hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's just really hard, but it's still true. Even if it's hard. So the, the this song struck a good chord with me in that. Yeah. I like too that he on the second verse also went into the mundane or the the things that we would consider small like breaking a nail or getting cut off in traffic or different things like that. Yeah. It also kind of was a little more I don't know if you'd say like colloquial or or I don't know. It it struck a little different than a lot of the other verses that are um um a little bit more serious. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Formal, maybe. Um, like in a solo song that they'd be singing about breaking a nail or getting cut off in traffic, it seems a little more modern or, or casual. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I thought that was neat that he kind of went that, that way. Yeah, I like that about it. So at the end of the song, it's almost cut off and it's just hanging there. It never really ends. 
And then we're caught back up into the motif of the the static, the uh, the the television program again. Yeah. Um, and it just get builds more and more and more. There's news clips going on about this, you know, wars and rumors of wars, you know, types of things, uh, building up until all at once, like, this is like enough, and the viewer kind of like shuts it off, gets up, walks outside and you hear the birds and it opens into think of these things, um, which, you know, is probably another Awana verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And that's just verse 8. Um, so, what do you think about that transition uh, and how he kind of handles that? And then, um, you know, think of these things. I think it's interesting. Um the both the noise feed and breaking noise. Um, mm. I know he said he likes puns, so that's that's a pun there. And um, so instead of a, a news feed or breaking news, it's uh, both replaced with noise. And, um, and I'm trying to find on Patreon what he said because um, one of the things uh, when we gave our feedback on the initial hearing for the patrons. Um, he made a, I, I made a comment about one of the things that really stuck out to me the second time I listened to it, the, the theme that I kind of found in it um, was um, not getting focused on, it's, it's almost kind of like with the, with the, the anthem of Rome, it's in your face, the world is trying to be in your face, you know, they're trying to get you to, to look at them, take your eyes off of, you know, heaven and, and, uh, and, uh, be caught up in, in what you know they're trying to get you to, to look at um, and the same thing with the with the news feeds that keep weaving in and out throughout the album is is um, you know you just start hearing those things like another death another murder another this you know mm -hmm. this this happened you know and they're legitimate things and you start you know worried oh no that's that's horrible oh, poor people you know what's gonna happen here and all of a sudden you're just caught up in that and um, and so uh, that's one of the things that I, when I was listening through it, um, got out of it was that it was kind of gently saying, don't, don't spend all your time listening to the news or don't, you know, don't let that, you know, steal your joy or don't let that take your eyes off of what's, what's really going on. There's always something else. God's sovereign plan is going on, you know, through all that. Um, look for that. Don't look at what they're trying to make you look at. Um and, and I, I can't remember exactly what he said. If you guys want to continue, I'll try to find it. But he said that was one of the sub-themes of the album. Um, I would love to hear it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say, yeah, he must have a, a New Yorker accent. Breaking noise. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, Grant, do you, do, you remember, do you remember the Adam Ford newsletter? I do remember the Adam Ford newsletter. Do you remember? I used to be a subscriber. Well, probably, he probably still am, but he has not put out one in a long time. Do you remember why he stopped putting them out? Because discern came along. It was 
No, he was going to publish stuff to discern. It was like links to discern. Well, it was uh, George Floyd happened. Like George Floyd happened. And then all of a sudden, every day, there were like 10 new headlines, 10 massive new headlines. Every, like the world burned down and he couldn't keep up. <laughs> it was like, all, it was like, guys, I'm so sorry, but there's just so much going on. I can't stop to put, to put together this this uh you know this news feed anymore it's just there's so much going on um and that's the world that we live in and that's the world that this album was born in and so i I think that that's probably so much of what's going on in this you know this noise feed and breaking noises while he was putting all this together that's when the world was burning down But, I found it. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't. Sorry. I was going to say, but the truth of the scripture still remains that we rejoice in the Lord and that we think of we think on these things. Yeah. Is it true? Is it good? Is it beautiful? Yeah. I feel like we have to remind not just our um, our ourselves, but our children as yeah. well um, of that all the time. And uh, yeah. what, what what do you got there, Spencer? Oh, um, it's just short. He said, uh, yes, that dichotomy between earthly anxieties and heavenly realities is an important sub-narrative for the album. Cool. And then uh, we go into another uh, Solos and Friends. Uh, Will You Go Down? And Will You Go Down features Taylor Le- uh, Leon Hart. Uh, not an artist I was real super familiar with. I, um, I think. I'm now following. I think. I could be wrong. I think she was on at least one of the Rain for Roots albums. Her voice is incredibly familiar. And uh, one of the albums did not credit individuals it just was like rain for roots um and so i think she might have been on the album i could be wrong but her voice is super super familiar let's see there's an artist that has two um people the other person she and another lady i haven't listened to her music at all but her name is jess ray Mm -hmm. the two of them have uh they they are on spotify under a name and i can't remember what the name is but i think that sounds kind of right yeah I was going to say, uh, yeah, she definitely was on Mission House. I And I haven't listened to that music either. I just remember seeing it when I was clicking around on Spotify. Um, so I think that must be how yeah. she got out there. And then now she's doing her own thing. Yeah, I guess so. She was on, yeah, lots of Mission House. Sang with Caroline Cobb. Yeah. Um, we followed her a little bit. Uh, even was on Lament Songs by the Porter's Gate, yeah, which we've that. talked about before. But, um, yeah. Oh, my word. She I has, she has some interesting was. songs. I listened to her album because I, I went and listened to, or tried to listen to all the people that Saul has featured because I was like, if he's featuring them, um, I'm interested to go see what they're about. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. she's got an album. Um, it's not really the style that I usually listen to, but she's got a couple songs that um, I thought were very creative. Um, be worth a listen. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think this explains why uh, 
Spotify keeps trying to put Porter's Gate in my various. I think you know, I think Porter's Gate probably pays Spotify to put it into everyone's feed. <laughs> Do you not block I, anything? I block Porter's well, Gate, but well, I still find it in my feed. Really? Yeah. yeah. I just always go to my. Uh, whenever I see it, I'll, I'll just like uh, minus it out, hide. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, one thing I have noticed is if they're like a, if it's more than one artist on a track, if I've blocked one of them but I haven't blocked the other two, it still yeah. you know shows up. Yeah, it's probably that's probably, that's what, probably it what it is. Well, anyway, uh, it's a nice song though. Will you go down? Um, again, we're going back to the beginning, back to the river, mm-hmm. uh, the delta. The last song in the album really. Uh, calls back to it because it's the same song just in a different tempo um and um but these together go pretty well together um i don't know if you want to say anything more about that there um or if you just want to skip ahead to the delta yeah, I, I don't have anything specific about uh, Will You Go Down. It was It's a nice, pleasant song. She's got a really pretty voice. Um, she does have a pretty voice. I appreciated that he um, was very intentional and almost belabored the meaning behind it. In Christ, I can do all things. <laughs> I appreciated that because I know how much that is taken out of context. Mm, yeah. And it's, it seemed like he really did everything he possibly could throughout the song to give that context. So when he finally said that that verse, you knew what it what it was in reference to. Yeah. So yeah, almost like he was reading the passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a hidden meaning. It's right. Just yeah. Read the passage. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love this. On the Delta, do you think um, all the um, guests sang on it as well i i like to think that they did because i feel like i can hear shylin a little bit maybe i don't mm -hmm. know and maybe taylor i i hope that they did because it would really bring it together like what is one of the themes solos and friends bringing all these different groups together what is a delta bring all these things together Mm -hmm. the river theme comes in delta um you know all of the, you know, and it, 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 uh, the Delta just kind of like expands out into the ocean, uh, from, from the water, you know, but it's all from that single source. And so I just think it would be a really neat little extra if that's exactly what happened. I, I really hope it was. Yeah. That'd be nice. yeah. All right. Um, so that was a full so here we are, album standing, review. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. Uh, like we said at the the top of the show, I mean, we've been waiting for a while to do this one, and uh, hopefully, it did not disappoint. And you, you know, please do uh, write in, share your thoughts, uh, whether that's on uh, not the B or our Slack group, or if you just want to send us an email at there is at balmcast.com. We would love to interact with you and uh, hear your takes on this. Um, tell us your thoughts about what you think these, uh, may, maybe some of the sub themes that we missed are, uh, we'd love to have those pointed out in a, and then, um, you know, who knows, maybe, uh, maybe Cody would come on and help us, uh, you know, reveal some of the, some of the remaining, 
remaining little secrets yeah, and maybe. nuggets that we uh, completely over. Man, that would, that would, this. that would be a lot of fun, Cody. If, if you, if you do that, we might have some other friends who have questions for you as well. Cause we, we like to, we like to throw your name around to, to all of our buddies. So, uh, <laughs> I'd listen to that episode. Yeah. See, there you go. Already. <laughs> we already got one. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> uh, also, um, I really hope that you're working on the next album because I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. I have a, um, a secret that I can't tell you. Yes. I'm so I'm, happy. I'm on that, that uh, level of the, uh, I know Patreon. So you are, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to know that. You know? <laughs> Can I just I, do a plug for their Patreon page? Um, if you do. are not a, a patron of solos, do it yeah. or at least pray about, about supporting them and, and how much, God would have you to support because I really feel like it's a very important thing that they're doing. Yeah. Any solid musicians we can have making good music out there. We need more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you for this ride. It's a, for those playing at home, this is our second day of recording this episode. So you get to all listen to it at once, but we, it took us two days to record this. We're at about, two and a half hours long. Uh, so you're welcome. You're hey. welcome. Yeah. that's. <laughs> and it'll probably be another six weeks before we have an episode out. So you got, you got, time. <laughs> you got time to listen to it. So uh, we will get this out as soon as we can. It may not be on it Tuesday. It will not uh, which is tomorrow. be on Tuesday because that is two hours from we'll now. the fans. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So One hour it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, you'll, I was going to say, get special thanks to Spen- Spencer Parsons for joining us from the East Coast, um, as our buddy uh, Justin normally uh, does. Um, and I, I, I have a real appreciation for y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so. glad to be here. Thanks for making me your friend for um, Bomb and Galead and Friends. Absolutely. Oh, I hope it's not the last. Uh, loved having you on and uh, loved hearing your insights. And uh yeah, I was, uh, you know, a little plug for Solos, but a little plug for Spencer Parsons, too. Uh, if you haven't already, get out there to the Spotify's or the other music services and give uh, give him a listen. Um, I was actually just doing that tonight and played uh, played through uh, the songs, that uh, just a couple of songs out there so far, but um, we'll grow um, and really enjoyed them. So got that. Don't Thank forget you. to listen to Love Lifted Me and... Uh, Boy, I'm trying to think of other things that I need to <laughs> plug. Join us on <laughs> the various socials that we actually participate. Yeah, we don't in. remember all of them, so just check the show notes. I'm yeah. sure they're there. We don't do Facebook. Oh, we don't yes. do Twitter. We don't do any of those. We do not to be government funded ones, probably. Yes. So <laughs> if you uh, so, so don't don't go quite running away right now to to Spencer's uh, Spotify. Wait just a second because keep playing we got one coming uh, but before then come lord jesus come quickly why do the heathens rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing kiss the sun lest he be angry and serve the lord with fear why do the heathens rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing Kiss the sun lest he be angry And serve the Lord with fear 
Why do the heathens rage and the people imagine the vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds and cast away their cards from us. He that sits in the heavens will laugh, the Lord will have them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and dismay them in his fierce anger. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, and this day I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the othermost parts of the earth. For your possessions, you will break them with the rod of iron. You will dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So be wise now, therefore, all you can be instructed to judges of the earth. So the Lord will fear and rejoice, tremble, kiss the sun, and see the angry who cares for me, rage and his wrath is kindled by the living. Imagine the vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed sin. Let us break their bonds and cast away their cards from us. He that sits in the heavens will laugh. The Lord will have them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath. He this made them in his fierce anger. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son, and this day I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the othermost parts of the earth. For your possessions, you will break there with the rod of iron. You will dash them in pieces like the potter's vessel. So be wise now, therefore, all you can be instructed to judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, let's be angry and repair from the way that his wrath is kindled. Just the sun is to the enemy and so the Lord. 